Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down or call 630-629-1720 Morningstar Books and Gifts 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois And by EasternChristianMedia.com A broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's EasternChristianMedia.com Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. And we're thrilled to have a familiar voice back here with us in the Lay the East studios. We welcome once again Katie, Katie Goulis, Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever, Father Tom. For those of you who have been with us at Light of the East here for a number of years, actually, you might recall Katie was once known as Katie the Byzantine because she started out with us when she was a teenager, right? Now you're all grown up, right? Yep, just about. (laughs) (laughs) But still very young. (laughs) And uh, we're thrilled to have you back here. What have you been doing all this time? I'm in grad school now, so I'm going to get my master's degree in library science so I can be a children's librarian. There's always a microphone open here for you, too, at Light of the East, Katie. Thanks. And speaking of guests, we also have, well, Katie, in a sense, is not a guest. She's kind of a regular that kind of is in and out lately. I pop in, you know, when I can. (laughs) Our our guest today is going to be an old friend, Jack Fiegel. And Jack Fiegel is going to share with us some aspects of how to make prayer more accessible for those of you who are interested in prayer in the Byzantine Church and those of you who do, in fact, pray the Byzantine office every day. So we're going to bring into the Light of the East studios not only Katie Gullis here, but also Jack Fingal. Welcome, Jack, to Light of the East. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever, Father. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, good to talk to you, too. And uh, to see you, in a sense, uh, through the eyes of radio, I guess, the theater of the mind, as my producer engineer always tells me, (laughs) radio is. And so glad to have you here present on Light of the East. So, Jack, as usual, fill us in on what you've been up to with your Eastern Christian publications, Noel TV, and so on. Well, one of the ideas that uh, came up uh, over the holidays that I'm really excited about uh, is uh, to offer a new whole product line that I'm, I'm hoping might get people to pray more. Daily prayer is something that's very, very important. I'm told that Archbishop Fulton Sheen of Blessed Memory used to say that his success on television was because in addition to his daily mass, he would spend an hour praying in front of the Eucharist uh, yes. in meditation and just daily prayer. And so, uh, so we've developed a, uh, an electronic Byzantine Daily Office, or BDO for short, Byzantine Daily Office. And the concept of this is for us to take the text of the Byzantine 
or Eastern Christian version of the Roman Breviary or the Daily Office uh, and provide that in electronic form for people to carry around with them on their iPads, their iPhones, their laptops, uh, access through their email systems, and pray on a regular basis uh, every day. Uh, the Byzantine Daily Office can be prayed both by clergy and lay people, uh, and it essentially consists of four standard hours plus morning and evening prayer. So there's actually six different services that are prescribed to pray throughout the day. And uh, what we're uh, developing is uh, those texts that you pray every day common and then inserting, where appropriate, all the complicated special prayers for the saint of the day, the day of the week, what hour of the day is, and all those things that people sometimes find complicated to figure out, we're going to provide uh, on a daily basis through a PDF file that uh, everyone gets sent to them by email. Now, Jack, this is something, you mentioned laity and clergy. This is something that even people who are not Eastern Catholic or Byzantine Catholic can avail themselves of? Uh, absolutely. Uh, it's non-Eucharistic. Uh, it's very ecumenical. The hours, essentially, they're named the first, the third, the sixth, and the ninth hour, and they essentially consist of uh, the normal beginning prayers of almost every Byzantine service uh, with the Our Father, uh, Holy God, and other standard starting prayers, uh, a series of three psalms, and then three or four tropars, or special prayers for the saints, and then some other special uh, regular prayers that you pray each hour. Uh, and it usually runs 15 minutes or so. So the idea is that uh, anyone who wants to pray can have a little structure to their prayer life with these uh, with these hours. And, and it can be used by uh, uh, Eastern Catholics, Eastern Orthodox, Roman Catholics, Protestants, anyone who would like an Eastern form of daily prayer uh, that's more than just, you know, your morning and evening prayers when you get up and, wait, and when you go to sleep. If you'd like to pray throughout the day, as St. Paul teaches us, to, to pray unceasingly, mm -hmm. uh, this would be something uh, that you could pray, you know, morning, noon, mid-afternoon, and, and in the evening. And Jack, this includes now which prayers again from the, the Byzantine Divine Office? Uh, this will be the first, third, sixth, and ninth hours in their uh, completeness, so all the prayers associated with those. Uh, and it will follow the calendar uh, and the rules, if you will, what's called the Typicon, mm -hmm. rules of the byzantine Ruthenian uh, Catholic Church. And we're also offering a Julian calendar for Easter so that Orthodox who follow the different calendar for Easter uh, could also use this. Uh, the saints of the day for the Orthodox revised Julian calendar are the same. Uh, so when Theophany occurs and, and the fixed feasts uh, are identical in each saint of the day, so it's applicable to both Orthodox and Catholics, as well as Eastern Catholics and Roman Catholics. And uh, right now we're running a free trial for the next period of time to see how this works. And all people have to do is send a, a request to us at info at ecpubs.com, uh, sign up for the free trial. Eventually, we will be uh, asking for a subscription payment on a monthly basis, but we're right now planning only to charge about 25 cents a day, uh, which is you know, certainly a lot less than a cup of coffee. And um, uh, and have people sign up to to get sort of like a, a monthly subscription. And Jack, these these hours for the benefit of our listeners, the hours in the Byzantine Church refer to the first hour as you mentioned is six a.m. traditionally, the third hour is nine a.m., the sixth hour is noon, and the ninth hour is at three p.m. Now you don't have to do those at those exact times, but that ideally is what they're designed for. What that means when we say the prayer of the hours. And the Prayer of the Hours are prayers that came along a little bit later in the Byzantine Church. What originally was the form of prayer was borrowed from the Jewish tradition, that is, where there was prayer in the morning and in the evening. 
And we call that prayer in the Eastern Church the matins or lauds or orthros, the morning prayer, and also the evening prayer is the Vesper service. Now, Jack, this does not include matins and Vespers yet, does it? No, that's right. Um, In in my understanding, the full matins and Vesper services are intended to be communal prayers uh, with a priest and a congregation. So we have substituted, and, and it's in the prayer books as well, what are just called simply morning and evening prayers, which are similar to matins and vespers, but they are not the same. Now, the prayers that you are offering, these hours that you're offering electronically, do they go throughout the year, or is it just during the, the what the West would understand as ordinary time? We would understand it as the Sundays after Pentecost. So does it include the Lenten season and Christmas and so on? Oh, yes. Yes, it'll be every day, uh, 24-7, uh, so to speak, but certainly seven days a week. And the prayers that we put in specific to that day will reflect what season we're in. So uh, a week or two ago, when we were just before Theophany and just after Theophany, there were special prayers for that festal season. As we approach Lent, there'll be special prayers that are used uh, during the days of Lent, uh, in particular the prayer of St. Ephraim. Then after we get uh, past Easter, there'll be special Pascha prayers in the Resurrection, uh, and then in, uh, after Pentecost and onward uh, uh, up until uh, Christmas, uh, the, the different prayers will reflect the saints of the day and the seasons, and then we'll get into the pre- and post-festive times of Christmas, too. So we'll be providing it for year-round, and it changes not only from day to day throughout the year, but from year to year. So, for instance, you know, today, a particular date this year has the same saints, but it could be a Sunday next year, and so that means that you pray differently on a Sunday than you do on a weekday. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it sounds kind we're, of complicated. We're, we're intending this to be an ongoing thing for all into the future, and it's not like you get one year and you can use it every year. It changes every single year, every single day. What a, what a marvelous thing, especially for people. I can envision, you know, I do a lot of traveling, a fair amount of traveling. I can imagine people going even through airports and waiting for planes and plane delays and so like that, right? Just sort of downloading this stuff and, and praying, sure, right? Sure. Well, and those who ride a bus or a subway to work, they could pray on their way to work. Uh, maybe when they take their lunch break, if they're having a sandwich at their desk, they could they could either on their iPhone or iPad or or wherever they get their email, they could be praying, you know, essentially, you know, any time of the day, anywhere. Uh, and the Byzantine office uh, is somewhat complicated because of all these changeable parts of the saints and the days of the week and what hour you were in. Uh, and to do it properly and completely, you actually need three or four different books, an inch thick or more, to be able to look it all up. And then you got to know what to do each day from the rule book. So you need the rule book plus the, or the book with the text. And what we're doing is providing the rules with the text already put together for you, so all you got to do is read the file. And we talk a lot about prayer here on our program, Light of the East, and one of the reasons is because to understand the heart, the soul of the Church, especially Eastern churches, is to see how we pray. And so for those of you listening that are really interested in really getting a taste and experience of the Eastern Church, in other words, a kind of a, a glimpse into our soul, the best way is to pray as we do. And so this is a fantastic opportunity to really come to get a sense to experience a part of the Eastern Church. The be- absolute best way, of course, is at our liturgies, our liturgical services in a Byzantine church. But this is certainly something else that can be done that would give a lot of people a great experience of 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 the soul of our church, the prayer of our church. What else have you got going on, Jack? Well, uh, uh, sort of along the same lines of moving into the new media of electronic distribution of, of, of things, uh, we're looking and investigating, providing a lot of our OLTV recordings of lectures, prayer services, uh, conference uh, plenary sessions, audio books that we've uh, uh, developed, uh, 
putting them up and making them available through uh, various website downloads. iTunes, of course, being the most popular, but there are others with uh, other sources like Napster and uh, you know, the various websites where you can download music. We're in the process of uh, putting those into the format needed for people to download and have them stored on their iPhones and iPads and other uh, portable devices to do the same thing. But in this case, it's a choral music various choirs that we've recorded over the years. It uh, includes lectures by famous theologians like uh, Father Robert Taft from Rome and Metropolitan Callistos from Oxford, uh, a couple of books that are one of our most popular sellers, uh, The Introduction to Eastern Christianity by Lawrence Cross. Uh, so we're in the process of uh, putting those uh, up on iTunes. We hope in the next couple of weeks they'll be available. So uh, watch this space for more news. And again, what are the references for our, our listeners to all of this? Okay, well, the uh, the Daily Office, uh, by sending an email to us at info at ecpubs.com is where you can uh, sign up for the free trial. And in the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, that may turn into a subscription. So ecpubs.com is where our books and the, the daily office, and then oltv.tv or olconference.com uh, for information about the iTunes uh, products. Well, Jack, you're always busy. Like I say, you're the tail that wags the dogs. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to really always appreciate you coming on A Light of the East and giving us these great resources. And uh, obviously you'll be on again and again. And thank you. And thank all of you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Can you imagine living a life without love, marriage, intimacy, sex, having children, or friendship? Of course not. I am Father Thomas Loya with a Theology of the Body moment for the Tabor Life Institute. Why do we desire these things so much? It is because God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is a union and communion of persons who united Himself with us in what the Scripture describes as a mystical marriage, a fruitful self-giving. Scripture also says that we are made in God's image and likeness, so we too are called to become a union and communion of persons in fruitful self-giving. This is why we cannot imagine living without marriage, intimacy, sex, having children, and friendship. Pope John Paul II said in his Theology of the Body that these are the very things that make us most like God. To find out more about the Theology of the Body, visit TaborLife.org. TaborLife.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's TaborLife.org.
Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host, and we're here again. Thrilled to have Katie Goulis once again in the studio. And again, I say to you, Katie, welcome and glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. It was a great uh, bit of information from Jack Fiegel, wasn't it? Very helpful. Yeah, definitely. I think I might check that out because... When I was in school down at U of I, it was a lot easier for me to have structure during my day because Mm -hmm. I had all these classes planned out. But now in grad school, I have two online classes and only one class that I go into on Thursday nights. And my work schedule kind of varies. So I find myself having random, you know, spots of free Mm -hmm. time. So like he said, it's great, you know, to have when you just have those 15 minutes of free time here and there to be able to pray whenever you want, basically. And for those of you, again, who may not be familiar with the prayer of the Byzantine Church, I am often asked, what is the difference between the prayer, the divine office of the Byzantine Church and the Latin Rite Church? Do you have a divine office? Do you have like a breviary, as it were? Well, the answer is yes, but in a different way. We have in a sense, not just a breviary, but almost a library. <laughs> you almost need a library, as you heard from my interview with Jack, that our divine office, in a sense, is, is very rich and comprehensive, and it can be, in a sense, complex. So it doesn't all fit into four great books. Like, I think in the Latin right, you have basically about four of those books through the year, which I think is, is really neat. It's the genius of the, of the West, that they can get everything real directed and concise, and I really admire that. One of the gifts of the Western lung of the Church. When the East... Our gifts are unceasing prayer, and so we have unceasing amounts of books that we have to use. (laughs) And so to make it simple, as Jack is trying to do, one of the ways I can explain our divine office is this, is that a lot of it is designed to be done liturgically, especially our evening and morning prayer. Those are the big principal services of the day. Evening prayer or vespers, and as I mentioned before, the matins or the orthros, the morning prayer. Morning prayer especially is the most elaborate, because basically it's two services that sort of got joined together. Now, even though these are designed to be prayed largely liturgically, at the same time for lay people, or for instance a priest or monk who maybe lives by themselves, as it were, whether they're hermits or just as many Byzantine priests do, they live by themselves, you know, celibates in, in the rectories. One of the ways that we pray is not necessarily a full-blown liturgical prayer, because obviously there may not be somebody else around, but in the Byzantine office then, it's recommended that they pray a kind of a, well, like for instance, the hours, as we talked about, the hours of the church, which are, are, are a shorter prayer, and with a heavy emphasis on the Psalms, much like it is in the Latin Rite Church. But what happens is in the Eastern Church, even with the more brief prayers of the office, the Psalms are kind of broken up with special verses, which we sometimes call troparian or kontakian, stichida, there's different words for them. A lot of these words are based in Greek. But we actually intersperse those phrases, and they're basically theological meditations on the theme of the day or the special feast day or person that's being commemorated, the saint and so on. And then there's also the Our Father, and there's a few introductory and ending prayers. There's usually a prayer of the priest, usually it's a fairly long prayer that the priest says on behalf of the church along with a number of Lord have mercies. In fact, there's a, actually, we actually repeat about 40 Lord have mercies during part of these, this, this part of the divine office. So basically, that's kind of the character of the divine office that can be prayed by oneself. Now, obviously, a layperson doesn't do the priest prayer, but they can do all the other parts in between. So basically, to understand our divine office is, we have two rather more comprehensive services, evening and morning prayer, which are basically designed liturgically. And in between, we have what we call the hours, which can be prayed individually. I mean, a person can pray and should actually pray 
the matins and vespers, but they are primarily designed for a community to be prayed liturgically. The Eastern Church is a very liturgically-based church, and so that's why a lot of our prayer is designed liturgically. But the important point is, is that the entire day, 24-7 in the Eastern Church, is actually designed with prayer in mind. There is a prayer, really, if you prayed the divine office, you've really prayed the Byzantine office fully, basically you'd be praying almost unceasingly. In fact, oftentimes in monasteries, they would do this in shifts so that they would have different monks praying so that the prayer would go through even through the church. So you would have actually almost like like in some factories, like three shifts, you know, morning, afternoon, and evening. So that is a little bit about the basic prayer of the Byzantine church and many of the aspects of the Eastern Long of the church. But now we're going to look at a little more specifically about certain parts of the prayer of Vespers and Matins, especially as it's applied to any kind of a feast day or holy day. And in particular, the one that's coming up and beautiful feast day, as they all are, but this one is very beautiful. It's called the Encounter of Our Lord with Simeon in the Temple sometimes known as, and especially in the West, the presentation of our Lord in the temple. The East always has a little bit of a twist to it. It says the encounter of our Lord Jesus Christ with the elder Simeon in the temple. And it's interesting how we put the emphasis on the word encounter. Encounter and participation. These are very, very intrinsic terms of the theology, the liturgy, the spirituality of the Eastern churches. Everything is based for us on the sense of encountering God, encountering a person, the person of God, and immersing ourselves in the mystery of God. Now, the title presentation has, once again, if you notice, it may sound kind of familiar to you, has that what we call epiphanic dimension to it. In other words, a showing forth. And in fact, you should have a little echo going on in your head What does that sound like? Oh, yeah. Does it not sound like the feast days we've just come through, such as Christmas and also in the Eastern Church, the circumcision of our Lord and also theophany? What were all these? And for the West, the three kings, what were all these feast days, East and West? What were they all about? What's the one thread that binds them together? They were all epiphanic, a showing forth. And so this feast day coming up, the presentation of our Lord is kind of the final chapter of the process, the era or that dimension of revelation that is the showing forth of Jesus Christ. This is the last part of it. He's shown forth in the temple, presented in the temple, as it were, to Simeon. Now, in the Eastern Church, we call that presentation, actually, an encounter. In other words, Simeon is encountering God. And it's a very poignant word for us, very rich word, because it points to us. It points to the meaning of this feast for us, that it's all about not only God with us or presenting himself to us, but our encountering him. He is with us now. We've encountered, we've met him now. He's changed our life. He's changed reality. And what do we do about that? In each of the feast days of the church and the Byzantine liturgical calendar, along with the special verses, a couple of them we're going to look at today, there is also the specific readings. And at the Vesper service, there's always the readings from the Old Testament, which are preludes or foreshadowings uh, of the meaning of the feast that becomes fully revealed in the New Testament with the coming of Christ. So Cain's going to read a passage of one of the readings, it's from Isaiah, that is prescribed for this feast day of the encounter of our Lord Jesus Christ with the elder Simeon in the temple. On that day there shall be an altar to the Lord in the land of Egypt, and a sacred pillar to the Lord near the boundary. It shall be a sign and a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. 
when they cry out to the Lord against their oppressors, and he sends them a savior to defend and deliver them. The Lord shall make himself known to Egypt, and the Egyptians shall know the Lord in that day. They shall offer sacrifices and oblations, and fulfill the vow they made to the Lord. You've heard from the scripture for this feast day. Now listen to a couple passages that really show this clever kind of character of prayer in the Eastern Church. The aged Simeon does not hold me, but I uphold him. For he entreats me to let him depart. And also this verse here. Now the pure God, as a holy infant, having opened a pure womb, is being offered as God to himself. He is freeing us from the curse of the law and granting light to our souls. Now, I think it's a great way to end our program today because it's probably leaving you in a state of meditation. Like, wow, that's sort of like a paradox. God presenting himself to himself. And I'll let you pray about that until we encounter each other next time. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Would you like to hear this Light of the East program again? Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya. Or hear Father Loya's companion program, A Body of Truth. Just visit the radio page at byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Or hear it again. Hear it again. For the first time. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the light of the east, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. (laughs) 